Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I talk about the inner workings of the entertainment industry with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and I'm really excited about this week's episode. One that, you know, when we booked this interview, I was kind of counting down the days until it happened. It did not disappoint, and now, uh, weeks later, finally releasing it to the public, This week, you're going to be hearing my conversation with filmmaker and author Jonathan Gorman. And Jonathan and I met through a website called Podbooker, which is a site that podcasters can use to try and appear on other shows as a guest if they want to promote some of their work or if you just want to be on a show just to be on a show. And likewise, if you are a podcaster, you can go on this, this website to find potential guests. And he came up in the film and TV category. We immediately hit it off. And we didn't just have a great conversation, uh, not just about filmmaking, but life in general, because uh, he wrote this book called Your Life is Your Movie. And if you're watching the YouTube version, you can see that I'm holding up a copy of it. Um, He was gracious enough to send me a copy of it. And honestly, I couldn't put it down when I started reading it. It's basically like a an intervention guide that uses filmmaking analogies to aspects of life. Hence the title, your life is your movie, but I've been wanting someone to write a book like this for a long time, because I'm sure other filmmakers have the same thought process as well. Life is kind of like a movie in a way. So it was, it was really great to you know learn more about his story in both the book and the interview and it was just, it was a great experience. And I, I think, you know, and to delve a little bit into my personal life, you know, people who have been listening to this show since the beginning, I've been doing the show almost 10 years now, and I've gone through quite a few life changes in that time frame. And some, in some instances, I've had to stop doing the show because of, you know, my emotional state, because of, you know, personal things going on in my life. And I can truly say that right now I am in the best position that I have been in. You know, I've, I've had uh, great success with, you know, my marriage to Samantha with, you know, now filmmaking. So it's, it's been a really rewarding time. And the, this book that Jonathan sent me was, you know, almost like icing on the cake in a way. So I, I very much thank him for taking the time to do the interview and to, to send me this book. And if you want to buy your own copy of it, uh, you can head over to his website, inspiredbyjg.com, and you can get a copy of the book there. But I'll quit rambling. I do have some exciting news about the feature, but I'll save that for the outro. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jonathan Gorman. <laughs> Happy to be here with my special guest this week, filmmaker and author, Jonathan Gorman. Jonathan, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. And yourself? Doing great. Doing great. I've been really excited to to do this interview with you ever since you know, we booked it. Yeah, It's been a few weeks, but it just seems like yesterday that we booked it yeah. with how fast the, the year's going and everything. Unbelievable, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I always like to start, you know, whether... I talk with an actor, a screenwriter, director. I always like to get the backstory and the why behind 
why they chose to to do what they do. So what yeah. what is your why? Like, why did you want to get into the film industry? Well, that could go two different ways, you know, believe it or not. Um, I, I say that because I think innately it was something that I wanted to do without ever realizing I wanted to do it at a very young age. Um, the problem was is that it came to my parents and they said, hey, we want that kid, but they weren't there for me. They were actually there for my sister. And so my parents were like, oh, okay, not probably the direction that we want to go. And I think at that moment in time, I think my gift of just what I want to bring to creative, you know, being creative to the to the business itself, it, it was coming out at a very early age at like six years old. And then that just hibernated because of that for many, many years. And then I don't know if the innate part actually came out. I just didn't know what to do, believe it or not. I was, um, well, you know, I reached the point I got out of high school and not sure what I wanted to do. Craziest thing, I heard a, a radio ad said, do you want a career? in the entertainment industry, I was like, sure, why not? And so I went down, I called him up and uh, very shortly after things kind of took off right away. And so I, the next thing you know, I was on a TV show and um, that was that was really cool. I was doing MTV videos, MTV first had come out. And so they were really cool storylines. And I was just jumping into the fire and, and had no idea how to act, what to do. I was just doing it for the most part. And so I think at that point, uh, it found myself again, just finally in a different way, not necessarily wanting it, but just being like, okay, I didn't know what else to do. It's interesting how with a lot of people who work in the industry, it almost calls out to them and finds them because the same thing happened, you know, with me in the same situation with you. I was out of high school, had no idea what I wanted to do. So just went to community college to get you know, a general degree while I figured things out. And I right. found this, uh, this brochure for their um, television broadcasting program. Okay. And, and I read it and I was like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. Cause you know, I'm an only child. So like I grew up with, you know, loving movies and TV shows cause they were my primary form of entertainment. Sure. And the, the brochure, it was like, I just kept reading it. I'd put it down, read it again. And I'm like, well, I'll give it a try for a, for a semester. And then, here we are today. Right. I, you know, it's funny because that was the same thing. And it's always gravitated to me of just all faceted be- behind the camera as well as in front of it. In 10th grade in summer school, I took a broadcasting class and it was really, it was awesome. You know, it was like the, the traditional news cameras that the three cameras set up and, you know, the, the CG board and the technical directing board and all of that. And it was, uh, we had to do our own newscast, which was really cool. And I was always fascinated and always have been fascinated by just film television and what it does and the creativity behind it have i ever gotten attracted to the limelight part no you know it never has really interested me it's really just the process that is intriguing for me and that's when you know that you know this is what you're meant to be doing because i I tell people that if they want to give it a try it's yeah, the, the glamour and the fame can be part of it if you get to that level. But it's it's yep. like the there's a, a graphic I saw on social media a long time ago that it's an iceberg and the top of it above water. It just says like fame, money, success. Right. And the, the big part under the water is sacrifice, lost time, hard work, things like that. Like you learn yeah. very quickly if it's something that you want to do or not. 
Absolutely. And if you have the tenacity to stick through it and find yourself in it, in the, in, in, in the, in the entertainment maze, I guess it would probably be a way of saying it. And you mentioned that, you know, like next thing you knew after you, you answered the ad that you were doing shows and things like that. Was yep. it ever like jarring to you? Like because of how fast it was happening, was it almost overwhelming to you? Oh, extremely, extremely overwhelming. In fact, it set me back. Um, it came at me so fast and without understanding the personalities and and the work and 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 what I really was about as a human being still. And so um, I actually dropped out for a short period of time. And I was like, okay, I can't do this. This is crazy. And I, you know, I took a little job in a, a water uh, uh, for like water softening company. And, uh, you know, I wasn't anything making any money. I just needed to retract and kind of take a pause on like, wow, is this really something I can do? Because it was just moving at light speed. Um, and then as I would go to the movies, I just couldn't escape the the illusion of just wanting to be in it and 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 what i would see there's a great book out there years ago that i read by sam shepherd and he would say i would go to the movie and i would watch the movie and i would get so enthralled by the movie and this is not perfect ver you know vernacular exactly how it was verbatim but the gist and he would say then i would leave the movie and i would think about the characters and I would want to become the characters. And that's how I really felt. I, I thought, you know, I became a huge Sam Shepard fan because of that after reading his book. And just the fact that when you go to a movie and you just start to really fall in love with just everything that's happening. And that was just happened to me time and time again. I was like, OK, I got to get back into this. Um, and then it slowly just I found myself in, in that filtration of who I am and how do I want to approach the business itself. And I've always stayed true to that. And I think that's, I use this analogy a lot on the podcast, but that's why I consider movies and I'll throw television in there as well. Sure. That's why I consider that to be the greatest art form that's ever been created. You know, yeah. I, I love great paintings, um, great photography, especially landscapes, yeah. but there, there's just something about going to a movie theater and it doesn't matter if you know, there's like four or five other people, or if it's a, a packed room, there's right. just something about no matter what's going on in your life, you can go to a theater for a couple of hours and you just get lost in the story and you forget about everything that is bothering you. And that's just it. You know, I, I did take a, a screenwriting class earlier on in my life uh, after having written my very first film and, um, you know, and, and the teacher said that he says, you know, nobody wants to they don't want to watch what we are every day in life. Just remember that. So we take fabrications of life. Right. And we have to accentuate them. We have to highlight them almost into our own fantasy. So even when we're talking about real drama, yeah, it might be a person out there who this happened to. But in the gist, it doesn't mean it necessarily has happened. It's what we think our grandeur, our fantasy is about what a situation may be, because we have to heighten it. Right. That's just otherwise it, nobody wants to go see their everyday boring life. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no. And I, I think even you know, if you look at Seinfeld when it was in its heyday, people right. loved it because they called it a show about nothing because it felt like everyday life with the characters, the setting. But even right. then, it was still an accentuated reality, yes. but exactly. I guess it, it maybe felt the most realistic at the time, 
But sure, it's, it's even. I think, that's, I think that's the faking goal. You want to make it as close to. It depends on what you're doing. If it's a true drama of life, right? Then the goal is that you want it to be believable, right? It has to be connected. Are we going to actually, you know, are kids going to actually go to detention and start climbing on a on a ceiling? Are they going to start doing the dance like this together? You know what I mean? Is that really going to happen? No. Would we like to believe that could happen and that it can bring? these odd groups together and make this incredible movie like breakfast club yes so that's what i'm saying by that a little bit of heightened egg exaggeration there i love that you use the breakfast club because that's one of my favorite movies of all time and one of the best made it's yeah. um and that's a great example too is that it's it's real enough where you can picture yourself in that setting and then you think oh if i were in detention i'd love to you know do the group dance like they're doing so that's right. and that those are the best kind of movies and that also give you you know something to think about and sometimes exactly. unintentionally so though there's just no better feeling to me leaving a movie theater like that i agree I, for me i love real life drama i'm not a superhero type of persona that's just not me but i do love the actual real level of drama and i love to be able to think inside of myself like what why don't we do something like that why why don't we get it's crazy enough or challenge somebody when we're at that age and so i think the realism inside of that was available right and so that's one of the greatest things that we find when you're getting just above the reality level is we're challenging ourselves to even grow more and actually push and say hey can you think about this from a literal perspective and actually push yourself into a across a barrier that maybe you wouldn't do before? And that's the beautiful thing that when I'm writing real drama, I'm trying to say, what can I just push the envelope to make the audience just think about something a little bit deeper? Is that something that you knew even when you first really got into acting or was it when you became, you know, also working behind the camera as a writer that you liked those type of movies and stories specifically? I think for me, you know, as an artist, and it was interesting, I was listening to Al Pacino and Ellen Burstyn the other day on Inside the Actor's Studio, and uh, she was talking about him and some characters. I think and one of the things he, he responded, which I really resonated for me because it's the same, is I get material and the material speaks to me, you know, and when it speaks to me then that's what I'm trying to, that's what I, that's what I like. It's not that I don't want to like a superhero movie. It's not that I don't want to like certain movies. You know, I do enjoy horror, horror when I watch it, but does it bring, does it grip me in? Not necessarily. I laugh at life when I cry at life, when I, when it makes me contemplate life, there's something inside of me that just ticks a little bit different. And when I feel that and I have that sensation, the common thread is that it's a real life drama. It's a Nicholas Sparks movie or, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a faith based movie or it's a just it's it's Dominic and Eugene with Ray Liotta and Jamie Lee Curtis and, you know, Thomas Holtz back in the day, which was just such a brilliant one of that of this story about two brothers. And I just when I it just makes my you'll see right there my hair standing. I don't know if you can see that. And I always tell people that's how in tune I am with my body of what really just inspires me, my body will just take, it will just do its own thing. And that's one of the best things as well about making a project like that, that you feel just so passionate about and you can't yeah. wait to to bring it to life. And then when you get the cast and the crew and they all, I don't want to say buy in because that sounds like you're trying to sell them something that's not good. Right. But when they believe it as strongly as you do, yeah. and they all come together because that's every movie to me is a miracle in a way, because you get a group of people 
that might have completely different viewpoints on a lot of things in life, but they all come together to make the, to make the film happen. Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, I always say, if, if you could step outside of the paycheck and if everybody could come together to say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this for the love of this element that I'm doing, there's not one job that's greater than any job. They're all important. And every time I do a film, I like to bring everybody together. And I know it doesn't resonate what I'm going to say to them, but I just, I want to at least instill it to say, at least I tried. And I say, listen, this film, we have an opportunity to do something incredible, but the incredible things will not be planned. The incredible things will be the mistakes that happen to us in this incredible journey. And when we make these mistakes, that's what we're hopefully is going to capture the magic in the can. And if we could just do that a few, four, five, six times, we may have something really special there. You just can't plan magic. Absolutely. You can plan the script and the shot list and everything down to, you know, the little tiniest detail, but you can yeah. never factor in just the the smallest things that'll happen. It might be a, a shot that, you know, the director of photography might have an idea for that yep. turns out being the most beautiful shot in the film or the actor yeah. thinks of, you know, a, an improv line for his or her character to say, yeah. and it just, it, it's, it, it's so fascinating. And that's, I think that's why I, one of the reasons why I like being on set so much is watching everyone work together, watching the director talk with the director of photography. Yeah. Everything like that is just, it, it's, it's, you're watching art happen. Truly watching art happen in the most humanistic way possible, which is so cool. So after you, know, you have been in acting and then you mentioned that you started doing screenwriting, you've done some directing and producing as well. What was it that sparked you to, because I feel like that happens with a lot of actors that they want to try out or move into something, you know, besides acting, maybe directing or something like that. What was the reasoning for you doing it? You know, again, I've always been, I'm from California, Southern Cal, so that's why I was in my backyard, and I've always had this very, you know, Californian attitude, and a go-with-the-flow persona, and so I can't necessarily say that it was like, oh, I had this urgency to do something. It was more of what happened in my life that created the opportunity of the pathway, and did I just elect to take that pathway, follow the flow of life, and so as I was acting and I was completely enthralled with the elements of acting and an independent film was just coming to the, to, to the surface, the directors, the common thread that I had, they would say, Oh my God, you're so innate. You're so instinctful with things. When I would go to acting classes, they would say, Oh my God, you're so raw. It's amazing. And so as I, I didn't go to, I wasn't a good student at all in school. And so I was dating a girl who was taking a screenwriting class at Loyola Marymount and her professor, and I'd give her ideas and stuff. And her professor said, Hey, you know, you should think of becoming a, a writer. And so she told me that one day at dinner and I was like, hmm. I was like the professor talking to me and I'm like, this is so cool. So I literally went home and I wrote, that's how I wrote my very first project. It was only because of somebody not even directly speaking to me, but indirectly creating a pathway for me to go explore. And as an actor, that's what you're doing, right? You're exploring constantly. So I went down this road and I explored that for many years till it just, as 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 I was going through that and, and acting, 
that hit the right person. It was there, it became their passion too. And we ended up making the film. I didn't direct for many years. It was, you know, 25 years inside of the business before I ever got in the director's chair because I was just completely scared of it. And now I love it. But, you know, it's like one of those things, again, the pathway didn't really find itself. It didn't maturate enough for me to take it yet. Well, I think that's great that you have that that awareness still. Even though you said you're a very go-with-the-flow kind of person, you yeah. still have the self-awareness to say, okay, this isn't the time yet. Yeah. And then when yeah. it is time, you recognize. Because a lot of people will jump into something too quickly or right. they might wait too long and then they may not get the opportunity. So yeah. that, and that's a, a rare thing in my opinion, to have that level of, of self-awareness. That's great. Yeah. It's just something I've done. And I think it was a part of just my DNA of growing up. And, and also as I got into the business, I, I really, you know, as you're an actor and, 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 you know, you don't know what kind of actor you're going to be, right. Because you don't know what the world says, Hey, you're this on, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, they said, you are a leading man, you know, and I was like, oh, great. And that there's good to that and there's bad to that. But in the good part of that, I felt like I had to really make sure that I was prepared on the highest level. And so I had to take care of myself. So my, my nutrition changed, my working out changed, all those behavioral elements changed inside of me. And I think that dictated and it gave me an under, it gave me a foundation to know how to feel like you go to a gym. You know, I work with people all the time who are overweight and, and I say, listen, don't make it a regimen, make it a lifestyle, right? Go to the gym and look at the equipment. Just look at it and see what actually calls you. Let whatever element of it's just calling you and go check it out and go explore that piece of equipment for a period of time until you're just done. And then look around again and keep exploring. And just make it a half hour or 45 minutes of exploration. It's a great way just to start getting in tune with yourself of what you like and what you don't like versus I got to be regimented and I got to know what to do immediately. Explore and find out and discover. And it's you mentioning the the working out thing and it it's really much more of a, a mental thing than it yeah. is a physical thing. Like even if you have the awareness that you need to say get back in shape, you have to be ready here in your head yeah. to say, I'm ready to make a change. Cause it really is a, a lifestyle change and it, it can benefit you in, in so many ways besides just being physically healthy. It can make you more mentally healthy as well. Well, life is balance, right? Mm -hmm. And life is as much as, you know, I, we, one of the great gifts as actors is the only way we could bring out the greatest possibility of creativity is by actually finding a sense of of of, of self uh, awareness and 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 curiosity, and the only way we have to lose inhibition in order to do that. And so we have to become very familiar with how do we relax our our being inside of us, and that's the that's the exercises that you do. So why not do that in everyday life? So if you're uh, if you're doing, you're going into a corporate world and you're going to start a corporate job, you're going to have those anxieties. It's just like us taking on a part. Just find that space, right? And and make sure you're bringing the most Zen life and the most balanced life possible because it's only going to have a greater reward for you in the outcome. You don't have to know the answer. You just have to be able to want to show up and just explore the possibility. Yeah, because in the possibility, you find the answer. You know, a lot of, a lot of people look at it as, as just, you know, 
we live in an absolutist society where everything's right. got to like you have to have the answer right now. But the old saying is true. It's not just about the destination. You learn right. so much about the journey that you're on. Like, you know, I haven't worked on a ton of film sets, but I've learned something new that I've taken with me through every one that I've worked on, whether I've just been a PA or or a director. Yeah. I mean, I just experienced the, the coolest Hollywood story ever just this last year in 2023. Here we are in this world and and all these years of doing this now for four decades. And and I as an actor, I was on just search. I'm always in search of like, what's the what's something for me? And I landed upon this project that was just in a Facebook group. Somebody, a young filmmaker trying to make a self little made project. I shot out. I sent my information in. He gave me an opportunity to audition. I, I read the two to three pages of the sides. I liked it. It resonated with me. It made my hair stand, right? And so I reached out and I said, hey, man, I could have just ended it there and did the audition and waited. But I was like, I want to, I want this something about this. I need to explore. So I call him up and say, hey, can we take a call? And we talked. And the next thing you know, after you know a period of time, I ended up buying it. I end up becoming a, a vehicle that my daughter wanted to direct. I end up falling into a producer, a good buddy of mine's producer's hands. And the next thing you know, we end up making it for $1.5 million, you know, and this is just the craziest thing. It all started from the flint of a Facebook group. It's the coolest thing. That to me is the ultimate level of filmmaking right there. Yeah. You just never know the smallest detail that will happen that could be so important that could lead to so many other possibilities. Exactly. And that's what I'm always for me in my life and, and, and what I'm looking for of the creativity, whether it's directing, whether it's writing, whether it's producing, whether it's acting, whatever that may be. It's just you have all of these. It's like troll fishing, right? You're out there in the sea and you've laid all these different lines down and you're just kind of letting these different types of lines hit to different points of the surface and just slowly, methodically moving through this vast awareness of this ocean. And all of a sudden, a line hits and you're like, sometimes there's something on the other end. Sometimes it falls off. You don't know. And it's okay. You don't get upset. You don't go, oh man, I'm a loser or this or that. No, you just put a new bait on and throw it back out there. And I think that's the way we need to be thinking about it. Some are going to work. Some are not. Sometimes it's going to come back from the end of the day fishing and you're empty. Didn't get anything. Next time you got something that's a world record, man. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's the greatest gift. There's always tomorrow till there's no tomorrow. Yeah. So you might as well enjoy every day and make it today is the last day that it might not be tomorrow. That's the best way to live right there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You touched on something that I think this has been the most anticipated topic that I've been wanting to talk about with you. You said oh, cool. you, you worked with, with your daughter on this project yeah. that you just mentioned. Yeah. What So what was that like? Because in our messages that we exchanged leading up to the interview, I had mentioned that you know, this past um, summer, I directed a short film that I co-wrote with my wife. Yeah. And I, I had never, oh, thank you. Um, what was the dynamic like? Like, did it did it make things easier or how, how was the dynamic with working with your daughter on this project? Yeah, it was, you know, for me, I, I think the question is probably two way again, because what does she think and what do I think, you know, are two different things, obviously. Right. But for me, it was an incredible, rewarding experience. And we didn't 
we didn't hit, you know, like we didn't walk up at the biggest mountain and, 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 and reach our pinnacle yet. We just got a really good foundation of working together. This is the first time we got to work together. And, and what I mean by that is I, I, I stuck up at the time in the beginning, they didn't want her. They wanted, they said, Oh, somebody with more experience. I said, well, I bought this project for her. So I'm not, she had the same vision I had for it if I was going to act in it. So I said, I'm not, I cannot sell this project unless she is directing it. So that was the first piece as the producer. That was knowing who I need for the best creativity of this project, which ended up being a huge reward for the, for everybody in the end, because everybody loved her. But that had nothing to do with me. It was just me knowing she was the best person for the project. Once we got her in that chair, then the new experience created. We we had to, a couple of times we had to create a one sheet on the project and we had to work with different details of it. And then there was some of the chaos that was going on, the things that she wanted to do that producers didn't want her to do and distribution didn't want her to do and she struggled. So those were internal conversations that we got to have. So then I got to be dad and producer. And, and, and I, I think in life, you have to really know when you give that, what is the balance? And I would always tell her, dad is always first. Because I love you in the greatest way. So when we first talk, I want to always make sure that dad is giving you the best support and the best love possible. The next one would come is I'm going to put the producer's hat on. And when the producer's hat on, I want to hear your creativity because I hired you. And so then I can just give you insight and input. And I just always get made sure that she can feel empowered. Empowered was the biggest thing that I wanted her to have. But I would only walk her always to the, you know, to bring her to the, the, the train depot. And at the end of the day, she had to talk to those actors that were A-list actors, right? And she had to win, win them over and she had to be the driver on set. And when I went to set near the final, I, I didn't go the first couple of weeks. I went the final week. And when I showed up, I said to my wife, well, I'm going to know real quick if she's doing her job and making it work or not. And I'm going to tell you, I, I knew within the first 10 minutes how amazing she had done. And I was so proud of her because everybody loved her. Everybody thought she was incredible. And I just think she really started finding her voice. And so the experience for me was great. I wanted to act in it and they wanted to give me a small role, but I didn't feel the role validated validated what I needed that to be for our first time as a father and a daughter and a director actor position. And so I, because of that, I just chose not to take that on because I, I wanted to still savor that for another time. No, and I, I think that's excellent, you know, because a, a lot of people, when my wife and I worked on this project together, I would have people ask me, like, do you look at it as a, a bad thing? And I'm like, no, it's, yeah. a, good, it's a good thing because yeah. you're, you're empowering them to do something that they want to do. And I think that's great that you wore you know, the dad hat and the producer hat. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, th I think you deserve dad of the year for that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's so cool, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. And we're working hard, you know, we're trying to work out the next one. I've, we secured the script for the next one. And now we're just, you know, the strikes obviously put a little bit of a damper on everything right now. As, and I appreciate you asking if we could still do this, but we can, which is really great. But yeah, we're, so we're in a little bit of still trying to get the, get the wheels moving for that, but hopefully her next one I'll get to be a part of. But if I always tell her, if I can't be, there'll be a day where, Dad just can't be a part of it, man, because you're better. You're better than dad, man. So you know what? Go be better than dad. No, and that that's what it's all about is that, you know, whether it's your your child or just someone that you might look at as, you know, you see something in them. Yeah. There, there, there's so much to be said about a mentor or, you know, in this case, a parental figure that 
sees the confidence in you and empowers you to do it. Like that is so immensely helpful. You know, I I had when when I directed my first short, uh, was almost five years ago now. um, One of my friends who um, he went to to school for film at UCF. He was part of their inaugural class. And um, he he was my assistant director and he helped me immensely through that and, and gave me you know, the confidence. And then even, yeah. even, you know, my wife is now my biggest support system. Yeah. She's a very observant person and she has seen things that have helped me in prepping for what we're going to do next. And, and that's, I think that's the beautiful thing. It's so cool to hear you say you're, you, you find the people in your community around you, you know, as, 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 as you learn and you, as you continue reading the book, you'll find that as I break down elements of the industry, it's like the casting, you know, as casting, we, we're trying to find that perfect actor for that voice in that one unique space of time that we need to convey something very important, right? It's the same thing of who are we casting around us? And that's the piece that we have to be really critical. We have to make sure that we have this incredible community that do empower us and, and do allow us to explore be ourselves, but also be a reality check when we're going off the rails. You know, I'm going through that. I have another project because I'm constantly developing projects. And one of my producing partners, he said to me, um, you know, he came with some news that, you know, it was like it, it made me feel invalidated a little bit with another person on the project. And he said, you know, and I said, I think I'm going to step away from the project. And he was like, really? And I said, yeah, I want to always be involved in a project where it's symbiotic, man. It's we're, we're working on the same space and time with it. And it's funny because I still went to go talk to somebody about the project itself. And I let them know in that moment in time, I said, I don't know if I'm going, I, we'd already set the meeting up. I said, I don't know if I'm going to be a part of this project, just so you know, because right now we're in executional creative differences, but at the same time, the project and the concept is really cool. And I want to make sure that we're still, you and I still connected on that. I think that's the piece that, you know, I always would tell people, you know, they ask, you know, what's the biggest challenge in making making something come to fruition and the first one for me that i've seen over 40 years is ego egos will kill every project and i will give up anything to let somebody else go flourish if i'm going to be the cog in the wheel because i just will never do that to a project yeah and absolutely and that was actually an excellent segue into your book which you were kind enough to to send me a copy uh, it's called Your Life is Your Movie. And I, I wanted to ask, because in what little I've read of it, you know, as we're recording this, I love the comparisons of different aspects of the film industry to real life situations. And th- this is a book that I think someone has been needing to do for a long, long time. Thank so you. What, what was the inspiration and the idea for you to write this book? You know, that book, it was definitely not where it ended up. So that's, again, that magic of, you know, when you say, I think there was a, this was a space and time that was definitely needed. And I agree with that. But that was not the initial plan when it, it started. Where it started was is, as an actor, you're always about behavior and, and human behavior and the exploration of human behavior. So I've always been fascinated of what, what makes us tick and how do we have we how do we work inside of our relationships with people And in the corporate world, I had a scenario where we were shifting dynamics of teams and I just felt like I could do some learning. So I I I I took this course and I 
was doing it more for just a course and it ended up being a personal coaching course that I had to actually build a business around. And I was like, okay, so now I'm this personal development coach getting certified. And in doing that, I was writing this book. And because really, as you, as you started to read it, it's about understanding your subconscious and conscious mind. And that's the behavioral element that I wanted. And so as I started looking at everybody would go, how do you do all these incredible things in your life? It's because I really tuned into understanding how to tap into my unconscious state of mind and un and rewiring the hardware inside of me of who my who who my beliefs are, you know, because we're when we when we're first in this unconscious state of mind as a child, we have all these beliefs and all these patterns inside of us that are not ours. They're our community. They're our parents. They're our grandparents. They're the 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 TV that's out there. And so when I finally wanted to start to create that, I was like, at the end, when I finally came to this, I was like, well, am I not, aren't we all making our own movie in life? And here I've become this somewhat expert in acting and writing and directing and producing, right? Because I've been, I've had the opportunity not to just do it once, but many times. And so that once when I realized, well, if we understood the importance of what it would take to actually make a movie, then maybe that would allow somebody to be, oh, now I have a roadmap in a really cool way. Do you have to be a filmmaker? No. Do you just have to want to go and say, I want to do really cool things like a movie? Yeah. You have to just want something greater for yourself. And so that was the, 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 the purposes of why I put it into this. And then it's funny because I really struggle talking about myself and here I'm on this podcast and these are, this is all still a new world for me of doing this, but I, it, it is a, it's, it's jarring. Cause I just always feel like, well, who am I? Right. That's the first thing. But what everybody's really gravitating to is my story. Really they come back and they say, although I love everything about the filmmaking process of what you're sharing and how, you know, you talk about all the filmmaking elements and how you correlate that into then guidance of how you use those in your own personal life. I also think it was so great that you took these acts and you put your own personal self in there because you, 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 you did. I said that I wanted to be raw and they said, it's amazing to see that you've had so many challenges in front of you and how easy it would have been to go one way and fall and, and, and not, fight through it. And, and you're still today fighting through your own challenges of your own inner self. And so I get that the biggest thing. People appreciate that the most of the books, which I was like, oh, well, did I even need to write a book about film or just a book about craziness of my life? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, you incorporating elements of yourself and your story, it gives a level of relatability to those that are reading it. You know, yeah. if I think it wouldn't have hit. And again, I haven't you read a ton of the book yet, but from what I have yeah. read of it, it, it is, it, it adds that little bit of, it's like the cherry on top of the, the icing, you know, yeah. it just, it's that little detail that just puts it over the top and yeah. it, it makes it, it humanizes the book in a way. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, you know, and, and hopefully at the end you'll enjoy it. You know, uh, it's, Seems people seem just to like it so far. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, and it's been something that, you know, I've struggled with in the past. You mentioned the having to rewire, you know, your mind because of all this information that you absorb at a young age. 
And then as you get older and you might, you know, live in a different environment, might hang around different people that maybe challenge what you believe in, in a way. And it really makes you, makes you think about, you know, is this right? Is it wrong? You know, maybe yeah. I'm indifferent to it in the end. But I, I think, you know, everyone as human beings should always strive to be the best version of themselves. And I mentioned earlier, you know, we live in such an absolutist society where more often than not, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, then, you know, we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. Like, like yeah. You, you should look internally and not vent externally sometimes. Yeah. I, I, you know, we are in a very, it's, it's a very delicate day and age. It's very delicate. I I've had, I remember I'm not, I, I like social, but I don't like social. It's a love hate relationship. Right. And, and I had a friend one time and I never, I don't support one way or the other of a, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. You know, I just kind of stand in feel where I want to go. And they were very, very nasty to me, somebody who I grew up with. And they they said, basically, if I died, they would hope that I wouldn't even get the oxygen. And it was just crazy because of the thing that they thought I was. And I never said what they thought I was. And so I realized at that moment, it was interesting because I said, I didn't, I could have, now that's a very powerful statement. Somebody's basically just said, you know, I hope nobody would even help you if you died. And I was just like, what could I do with this moment in time? And all I wrote back and I said was, listen, I always loved our time together as a child. And I hope you're doing fantastic. And I just, all I put it, it was, was this like, I just love you. And that's it. No other response. And, and, and that came back to completely like, ah, oh, broke down. It was like, and and I'm sorry, I'm this and I'm that. And I found that, you know, when we when I watch people get at each other and post, just let it go. Because there's it's like the Chinese, there's that Chinese toy. You put your fingers in the it finger and trap. you pull right and you pull and, and it's the catch is just letting go and just letting the resistance. That kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's ego. And we were so driven by ego-based. So at that moment, it wasn't about whether he was right or wrong. It wasn't about whether I was right or wrong. I just needed to just remove the scenario of the anger and go back into why are we even connected? Now, in that moment, too, I then deconnected the friendship on the social platform. And then they wrote to me and they said, well, why are we just deconnected? I said, why would you want to be connected with me? Let's start there. And when they shared why they wanted and how they valued the way that I thought in the world, this I said, okay. Then when we when we accept that, let's learn to accept that if that means something, don't be so quick to diminish that person. And that really, you know, it's an interesting segue. And I hope I'm not talking too much on this, but it's like when I wrote Dandelion Dreams, a short that we did, that was really the moment I had with this incredible actor one time, an Academy Award winning actor, and it was just about the differences that we had in life. And I wrote how we quickly, when you when you put the blinders on, maybe you don't see the differences in life, right? And then when you, all of a sudden it hits you this way, how quick are you to cut that tie? And, you know, 
dandelion when i chose to do that is because dandelion is a root right and it's uh it, it's it, it can it can grow in any environment and it's the actual flower for the military brats and what i realized at that moment was we have to let go of we can own our beliefs but we have to make sure that they're just our beliefs they're not even our wives they're not our mom our dad our sisters our brothers they're just ours and they're not right nor wrong and they're going to shift constantly through time like a dandelion right and so we have to be so we if we don't own the empowerment of our own the ability to to let life come at us and is it going to pinch us and it just hurts or is it going to stab us and what do we we are in control of that and that's really my focal point every time that i'm doing something in life i'm having relationships i'm bringing a project forward i'm trying to work with somebody i'm just trying to calibrate how do i live the best way honest way possible for me i'm going to make mistakes so can i just do it in the most in 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 the most free authentic vulnerable way possible and and that's a challenge you have to work on that every day no absolutely and, and there's there's a saying that I heard years ago and I've I've kind of made it one of my mantras and I I can't remember who originated it but I've heard multiple people say it that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it it's yeah. usually uh, arguments on social media more often than not are just people having that that knee jerk reaction to what's going on and rather than just you know taking a step back and assessing the situation and thinking, okay, how do I feel about this? That they're so quick to, to judge that it normally leads to what I feel are unnecessary arguments. And it's sad to see, you know, I, I've seen, you know, friendships end and I've yeah. seen like, you know, families be ripped apart because of stuff that's posted on social media. Yeah, and and we were all guilty, right? We're yeah, all yeah. Guilty. No, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, I know I'm guilty of it, and at some and some station in my life, and that's why I really say, you know, it's funny because there is a saying out there, and you'll never hear me say it, and so I want to make sure your audience hears this because this is probably one of the greatest things that I understand. It's you have to do work, but you never have to make it hard. And I know yeah. we hear all the time, all at the time, it's like, you got to do hard work, man, hard work to succeed or hard work to change and all that. Well, if you love what you do, if you love the process, then it, why is it hard? And I believe it has to be focused and it has to be dedicated and determined, right? But that doesn't mean that it has to be hard. And so if we look at every day and we just say to ourselves, how do I make today great and focus to what I want out of it, you'll find you'll have less stations in your life or beacons, pillars inside of them that are tumultuous, right? And those tumultuous ones that are growing barnacles because you've put them so deep into the concrete and the, there's an ocean around it. It's just as there's now living organisms of just ah all over it. So how do you get rid of those? And for me, you have to become, you have to find a way to just love yourself. And we're in such a delicate time that if you don't, people don't take that on, 
life will get complicated and life will be hard and it will be an anchor, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, as we start to wrap up here, I did want to ask you, um, do you have a, a website or social media, speaking of social media, that, hey, uh, that, social you, media, um, yeah. that you'd like to plug so the viewers and listeners can follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm on Instagram, GormanJF, you know, at GormanJF. I'm on uh, Facebook, it's John Gorman, because I, my birth name was John. I just added a thing because I'm a junior. Um, and then my website is uh, inspired by JG. So inspiredbyjg.com um, and, and any of those, you know, it's easy to get a hold of me. I'm, I'm pretty transparent in the world. So if anybody ever has a question, um, you know, I never I, I know I put it out there and people are like, I mean, I don't have a problem if anybody reaches out or ask a question or buys my book or inside of, you know, on my website. You'll, my number is not hard to find or my email is not hard to find. And I, and I make it that way very for for a reason, because I, I you know, you can control the conversation. I had somebody today you know, beautiful woman, by the way, but you know, I'm married and she shot me, she got into my DMs and she was asking me all kinds of weird stuff. And you just have to be able to like, you know, she asked weird questions. I said, well, I don't know what the question is. And she, she was like, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. Well, I'm married. You know what I mean? And so um, those things, and I think if you have the willpower to know who you are, then the world should be able to know how to get in touch with you. So yeah, I'm pretty easy. And if you go to John, Jonathan Gorman on Google, I think I own the page, you know what I mean? Not by that, but it's just because of all the things that I've ever done that are out there, you know, so it's pretty easy to find me. Absolutely. No, thank you for that. And I, I did want to say in, in closing, um, whenever I got received your, um, your book in the mail, um, I found the, the letter that you put in it. And um, I did want to read a little bit to the, the listeners. You, asked, you said, thank you for the invitation to be a guest on the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Truly looking forward to the experience and hope our session together will be beneficial to your growing audience. And I looked at my wife whenever I, I opened that letter and I said to her the same thing I'll say to you. I've been podcasting for 10 years now. I've been doing this show for almost 10 years. Oh. This is the, the first letter like that that I've ever gotten from anyone. Ah. So I... That it made me feel like doing doing this crazy show for as long as I've been doing it is worth it. So I, I thank you very much for that. No, you know, thank you. Thank you for having that. First of all, for sharing that. That that's got my hair going. So there you go again. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, you know, it it's I'm it, it, without if I would not knowing that, you know, that's a thing in life. If you don't if you don't share things like that, then you wouldn't know that same thing for me. You write them just because you write them because it's important for me to make sure a person feels what I, I feel. And so to know that that impacted you, that makes this whole experience utopia right there in the sense that this is so not about me. And I'm so grateful to you that you created this platform for people like myself to just be able to share who we are wherever it goes. So I hope that your audience does feel this is a great episode. I hope that they'll go one thing, you know, maybe it's what they, they were just sitting in their mind saying, God, I do have to go to the gym and I just need to go look at the equipment. You know, it's the same thing you could do with food. You know, I go into food all the time and I say, Hey, why don't you tell me what I should have? And then you get this really incredible meal or you get this really incredible drink, you know, whether it's a coffee drink or anything. So in life, just start to allow people to just appreciate every fa fabric of it. And so I appreciate you having me on here. It's been, it's been enlightening and fantastic. And I love the art behind you, by the way. Oh, thank you. No, that's uh, courtesy of Etsy. So I can't, can't oh. take the credit for it. Oh. Thank you again to Jonathan Gorman for that fantastic conversation. One of my favorite interviews that I've done on the show in quite some time. If you want to get a copy of his book or learn more about Jonathan Gorman, the person, 
just head over to his website, inspiredbyjg.com. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that I had some exciting news about the feature. Uh, for those that might be listening to the show for the first time, it's a short film that I co-wrote and directed. Uh, we filmed it last summer, and since the beginning of the year, it's been you know, making its run in the festival circuit. And I got the exciting news last week that it's going to be screened at the Silicon Beach Film Festival next month in Los Angeles at the TCL Chinese Theater. Uh, the The festival is going to be September 7th through the 15th. And to say that, you know, I, I got emotional after that was was an understatement because you know, filmmakers know about the, the Chinese theater in L.A. And for those that may not know, it's one of, if not the most recognizable theater on the planet. It's got all the celebrity handprints and the concrete outside of it. I've had the chance to see the theater in person before, but to know that, you know, something that I had a hand in making is going to be played there is is a pretty big deal for me and everyone else that was involved with the making of the movie. So um, Samantha and I are definitely going to be going um, as of this recording. I'm not sure what day it's going to be screened yet, but. If you're in the L.A. area, if you're going to the festival, let me know. You can uh, write me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at ddiamondpodcast. And, uh, yeah, would love to say hi. You know, look very much look forward to networking with other filmmakers um, while we're out there uh, next month. But for next week's podcast, um, I'm should have a guest on. Um, I'm not exactly sure which guest it's going to be yet. I've got quite a few interviews lined up for next week. So just stay tuned to social media to find out uh, what we'll be talking about on next week's show. But until then, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on social media. Everything is in one central location, linktree.com slash Podcast. And if you could Please leave a review, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to the show on. Uh, please rate and review the show. Uh, the more rating and reviews the show gets, uh, the more visible it is to those that are searching for podcasts. You know, in this case, an entertainment podcast, uh, it really does help and it only takes a minute of your time and doesn't cost anything which is fantastic. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would very much appreciate it. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you once again to Jonathan Gorman, and we'll see you guys back here next Monday for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. <laughs>